At this time, Dream Infringement would like to ask that you please silence your phones. In a world of conflict and chaos. I'm so conflicted, it's all chaos. Where nothing is as it seems. I thought it was a trash bin, but it was actually a man dressed in all brown. A world of broken promises and miscommunication. You promised me you would take the dog for a walk. No. I said I was going to throw this log off the dock. Only three friends can restore the balance that was lost. Are you sure there aren't more of them? No, I counted. There's definitely three. Listen as our heroes try to right the wrongs of movie kind for the next hour. This is too much pressure! No, it's the perfect amount of pressure! Coming tonight from KSKQ, it's Dream Infringement Goes to the Movies! That's right, folks. Dream Infringement is going to the movies this week. That's right. There are some of us who really miss miss the movie theater experience. Yeah, some of us more than others. <laughs> As you will soon find out. So this is kind of like our homage to movies and movie going. And cinema and films and all of you film snobs. I hope that I hope you get a little something out of tonight's show. <laughs> We'll see. Um, so to kick things off, we're going to hear a piece by my dad, Steve. Steve. So away we go. First published in 1859, these words are known to nearly all students who have attended English classes in the last hundred years. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. We had everything before us. We had nothing before us. Yes, the opening words of A Tale of Two Cities by Charles Dickens are nearly universal in their application. It is true today, the best of times. We have information at our fingertips, the click of a mouse, and we can get lessons on the theory of relativity or find out what the weather will bring next week. The worst of times, a pandemic which traps us in our homes and a fire which destroyed many of them. The same was true in 1934 the best and the worst. The world was trying to recover from the First World War, the Spanish flu, and the stock market crash. People were beginning to enjoy life and all it had to offer. Entertainment was the thing. 
motion pictures were in full swing. To go to what were called the movies would be the highlight of one's week. Theaters were packed and fans could hardly wait for the next movie to be released. Would it be a thriller, a dark detective story, or a zany musical comedy? In the midst of these times, my father was about 17 years old. He enjoyed nothing more than a not-so-practical joke, as did three of his best friends, and his golden opportunity arrived, a movie premiere. He grew up in Oakland, California, right across the bay from San Francisco. The Bay Bridge was in the midst of being built. This would connect the East and West Bay areas. There was always a rivalry between the two cities. Oakland was just considered a, a small suburb by many. San Francisco, that's where it all happened. So when a movie made its premiere in Oakland, it was a grand thing. It was unusual and a very, very special event. In those days, a movie premiere was accompanied by huge gas-powered spotlights that shone back and forth across the night sky and could be seen from miles away. This was a scene on that night in downtown Oakland where the movie Fog Over Frisco debuted in Oakland with Betty Davis as its star. All the society folks from the East Bay were gathered for this grand premiere. People lined up for blocks just to get in to see the show. In those days, people dressed up in their finest just to attend a movie. But there was more to the story. Those days of movie stars and magic were also the days of gangsters. Newspaper headlines every day were filled with stories of outlaws and their escapades. Pretty Boy Floyd, John Dillinger, Al Capone, Bonnie and Clyde, their names appeared daily in the headlines. Bank robbers who would roar up to a local bank, men with guns would hop out, fire a few shots, rob the bank, and disappear into the country hideout until the coast was clear, ready to rob again. This was the fertile ground for my dad's imagination. What if he and his friends could prank people into thinking that they were gangsters suddenly appearing in Oakland, not actually harming anyone, but scaring the locals into thinking that even the West Coast was not immune to the gangsters and their influence. Well, it didn't take long for the plan to hatch. One of them would be planted in the long line that would be certain to be in front of the theater on the pre premiere night of Fog Over Frisco. He would dress up in a suit and tie with the fedora hat so popular in those days. He would show up early enough to be close to the front of the line to be simply lost in the crowd waiting for the doors to open. Meanwhile, my dad and his two other friends also dressed up in the clothing popular at the time. Double-breasted suits, collars turned up and hats pulled down over their faces so as not to be recognizable. One of them had a car. It had what was called suicide doors. That meant that the back doors opened from the front and swung toward the back. Hence the term suicide. It would be suicide to open the doors into the wind. This car also had a device installed by these young men. It was called a cutout switch. The car exhaust was routed through a muffler and it quieted down the engine noise. That's why it's called a muffler. It muffled the incredibly loud noise of the exhaust system. Well, the cutout switch did exactly what its name implies. It cuts out the muffler from the exhaust system, eliminating the muffled engine noise and allowing the not loud noise from the exhaust 
to reverberate into the air. It was deafening, and if switched suddenly, very frightening. And now the plan was in place. The night of the premiere, it was no disappointment. The crowds lined up early, and so did my dad's friend. He had tremendous patience, but knew that it would all be worthwhile as soon as the sun set and the doors were just about to open. My dad and his other two friends were ready. Dressed like gangsters in a gangster-like car, they waited just a few short blocks away. Then, about 15 minutes before the doors were to open, they sprang into action. Driving toward the theater, they picked up speed. About a block away, they threw the cutout switch. The noise from the exhaust was tremendous. Every eye in the waiting line suddenly stared at this rapidly approaching gangster car. Suddenly, the driver slammed on the brakes and came to a screeching halt directly in front of the young man who had been planted in line and patiently waiting for this moment to arrive. My dad and one of his friends hopped out of the car using the suicide doors in back and stuck their hands in their pockets as though holding a gun. They ran up to their friend who appeared terrified and grabbed him by the arms as he screamed in protest. We got you now, Lefty, they yelled. Then they picked him up and hurled him off into the back seat of the waiting roadster and sped off into the night. After about a block, they re-engaged the cutoff switch, which quieted the muffler down to a normal level. After several more blocks and several more turns, they pulled over on a quiet side street, unable to contain their delight. As they had carried off what appeared to be spectators to be a gang-related kidnapping in front of Oakland's premier theater event. They'd all brought a change of clothing with them and quickly put on their normal street clothes and walked the several blocks to the theater to observe the aftermath of their amazing prank. The streets were lined with police cars. The crowd was in utter awe of what they'd just seen. My dad walked up to one man and asked, What's going on anyway? The man replied, There was about six gangsters, and they kidnapped some guy named Lefty right out in front of the theater. Someone could have been killed. My dad could hardly contain his laughter. Somehow it was now six gangsters instead of two, and now the story would gain momentum. After returning home and a good night's sleep, the next morning the newspaper headline read, Unknown assailants kidnap fellow gangster at movie premiere. Eyewitnesses differ as to details. I don't know how my dad and his friends kept this secret for so long after the event, but they did. It was a shared memory for them and their families. He told me the story some 60 years ago, and it still gives me a chuckle today. Those days were so much more innocent than today. A prank like that would end up with jail time, and deservedly so today. But as Charles Dickens said so appropriately, so long ago, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times, it was the age of wisdom, it was the age of foolishness. After you have a baby, it is customary to have a six-week checkup. They like to make sure that everything is sort of going back to normal. And it usually includes a little bit of a mental health checkup. It was after I had my first son that I found myself at the six-week checkup, and my doctor at the time said something that I have carried with me for the last seven years. She said that moms often think that in order to be a good mom, they have to give and give and give of themselves. But that's not what makes a good mom. Good moms make time for themselves. Go shopping without your kids. Go on a walk without your kids. Do stuff without your kids. You can't give from an empty cup, so refill your cup so you have more to give them. 
I really took this to heart, and so on occasion, I would do these things on my own without my darling children, I would recharge my parental batteries. My favorite thing to do, though, was to go to the movies by myself. I wholeheartedly miss those afternoons or evenings I would spend picking out a movie and then going to that movie on my own. I could buy the small popcorn, bring whatever candy I wanted, whatever drink I wanted, and I didn't have to share with anyone. I miss sitting in a dark theater with my hoodie on and watching the other moviegoers file in and find their seats. Sometimes there would be another woman that came in by herself and I would wonder if she was another mom taking some time to refill her cup. I miss the previews, the smell of stale popcorn. I even miss how you could sometimes hear the action movie that was playing in the next theater. I miss the obnoxious people that clap at the end of the movie. I miss scrunching at my face at the sun and being slightly disoriented as I walk into the bright outside world. I miss smiling in solidarity at the other supposed mom and her looking back at me confused like, do I know you? I miss coming home and my kids acting as if I'd been gone for days and not just a couple of hours and asking me for leftover popcorn. I miss it all. I miss going to the movies. And so I'm going to play Little Movies by Erin Lee Tazjan. Okay, so we're we're sitting down for an interview with my mom. Janine, say hi. Hello. (laughs) She doesn't know what this question is going to be about because we needed a true reaction <laughs> to the question. So there is something that you have not done in about 20 years. And I, I think you should explain your feelings about it. And that is see a movie in a movie theater. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. I do feel very strongly about going to the movie theater Yes, on so many levels. Yes, you do. Yeah, I do. I do. For one thing, I'm short. And it never fails. I always get behind tall people. So that proves to be quite the issue. I also typically end up sitting in front of people who really like to kick the back of a seat. So I just don't like paying money to be uncomfortable and annoyed. But of course, <laughs> the, biggest, the biggest the biggest problem was pretty much the last time I went to see a movie. This is what this is. This the, is this is the, the big issue, and this the is like issue. oh yeah. I we went to a movie. I came home and I was covered in flea bites. And it's not a theater that exists anymore. Yeah, I don't think that's that's not relevant. Well, no, I just, I'm not impugning a local theater. Oh, I see. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm not yes. saying they, they're infested with fleas. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. You can't go there. Anymore. I will grant you that. But anyway, and I'm, I don't know if, I, I'm guessing it was just the particular chair that whoever sat in that. Just see, I'm not, I'm like scratching already just thinking about it. But yeah, that was very, very unpleasant and very creepy experience. And so I just have this. That was it, that she just swore off Mm, movie theaters. She also likes to say that she can't wear pajamas at the theater. And so she wants to be comfortable. You're not supposed to drink at the theater either. So Mm. you want to. And you're not supposed to bring in your own goodies. And do you have any like other movie experiences as like a 
teen in the 60s and 70s. Well, back in the day, as they say, um, it was uh, drive-ins were super popular. And so um, those were actually quite fun because you could bring whatever you wanted to bring and um, your father had um, a pickup truck and we would throw a beanbag chair in the back and we'd back into the spot. And so mm-hmm. we were very comfortable and, and it was a very fun and uh, enjoyable outing. Was there a movie where you got in free if you wore something? Oh, yes, there I remember was. I story yes. with my grandmother. Yes, yes, this was, I was in high school and it was, if you wore your pajamas, uh, you could get into the movie for free. Well, that sounded like a great plan to me. I thought it was great, but my mother did not share my sentiments and she, not very often did she put her foot down on my outings, but on this particular one, she insisted that, no, I do not go because it was a communist plot. <laughs> she was convinced. So, and, but my pajamas, I will say in my defense, my pajamas were very modest. I mean, I wore like flannel from head to toe. Do you think she just made that up as like a last resort instead of saying like, I said so, to be like, it's communist? Um, you know, you might think that, but I do remember that she was very, very strongly voicing this opinion. <laughs> so it wasn't like she was using it as a last ditch effort to persuade me not to go, but it was like, it was more, she was thoroughly convinced that yes, this was definitely, I don't know, <laughs> to subvert our young people, maybe, you know. And that is the story of how my mom has not been to a theater in the last 20 years. My stepfather actually really enjoys going to see movies, or he did before the pandemic, and that was sometimes something we had in common. So he and I would go, like, have a movie date and go see movies on our own without my mom because she refused so it helped us bond i asked my mom what song she would like to play with this piece and she said the song by mama cass new world coming there's a new If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Dream Infringement on KSKQ 89.5 FM. And this week, our theme is Dream Infringement Goes to the Movies. And you've reached the midway point. Good for you. You deserve a trip to the lobby or your kitchen. Get yourself some popcorn. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. The last movie that I saw, I believe, was at the beginning of March. It was Call of the Wild. You know that movie with like the CGI dog and Harrison Ford playing this grizzled former prospector or something like that. And we met some friends at the movie theater. Emily and I got our seven-year-old and our three-year-old together. We 
arrived a little bit early like one does who wants to make sure that we you know wanted to make sure we got to see the opening trailers and we sat down and popcorn in hand along with a root beer and some candy we enjoyed the movie and it wasn't anything significant like it was it was like everything that we had experienced in the past when we've gone to movies you know um but we had no idea that things would change and that that may be the last time for a long time that we'd be able to go to the movies and fast forward you know six seven seven and a half months later and I find myself taking stock of the things that I love the most about the movie theaters because I realized that a lot of who I am has been influenced by experiences that I had in movie theaters. Let me give you an example. When I was about 10 years old, my dad took me and my brother on a special boys day out. Growing up, there were three sisters that I had, and I had a younger brother that was about five years younger than me. So he would have been about five years old. And when I'd go out on a special boys' day out with my dad, he would basically run errands that dads run. He took us to the tire place, you know, where you take your, your cars to get tires replaced, and I think he had rotated the tires, got them rotated. Uh, while we were there, he got me a Snickers bar. This was like so special. I was beside myself with, with excitement, with joy that I got to spend time with my dad, just me and my brother, you know, no no sisters around, no mom, just just us, you know, and, and that was really special to me. And the cherry on top of that day, okay, was when he took us to the movie theater and we watched The Fifth Element. The Fifth Element with Bruce Willis, that futuristic, bizarre sci-fi movie that came out in the mid-90s. And this would be the movie that would help me to identify the kind of movies that I liked. It helped me to realize that I like sci-fi. It would be the gateway form of entertainment that would lead me down the road to, in the future, see, very near future after 10 years old, watch Planet of the Apes, be interested in Star Trek. I know that many people's gateway medium of entertainment that introduced them to sci-fi may have been The Day the Earth Stood Still, or even the radio drama War of the Worlds. But for me, it was the fifth element. And I was grateful that my dad took me to the theater on that day and happened to choose that mid-90s sci-fi action movie starring Bruce Willis. I'm very grateful. Along with this pandemic has come closures. Movie theaters were the first things to close. And I find myself thinking about all of the wonderful things that surrounded the experience of going to the movies. Not just the good things, but the not so good. And I remember, have you ever been in a movie theater and there's a person behind you that's like tapping your seat with their foot and they don't realize that they're doing it. Do you remember the feeling that you had? 
let's just like really engross ourselves in that feeling. Do you remember when you were sitting in the movie theater and someone really tall comes in a little bit late and sits right in front of you? You kind of look to the right, look to the left of the person, maybe scoot up a little bit, put your leg underneath yourself to get a little bit of height so that you can see the screen. Embrace that feeling. Lean into that feeling. Because that, my friend, is what going to the movies is all about. I have with me a list of etiquette points that were developed during the age of silent films. And on this list, you find rules like, ladies, kindly remove your hats. Loud talking or whistling, not allowed. Please applaud with hands only. I find that last one really interesting because I imagine that if you're not applauding with your hands, you must be hitting your hands on your lap or pounding them against the seat in front of you. I don't know, it makes me think. But as time has marched on, that list of cinema etiquette has developed as well. And so I have here a code of conduct for moviegoers. Here is the modern cinema code of conduct, and it was developed in, in 2010. No eating anything harder than a soft roll. No slurping. No rustling. No irresponsible parenting. No hobbies. No talking. No mobile phone usage. No kicking of seats. No arriving late. No shoe removal. Now, in parentheses, it says except where culturally appropriate, such as in Japan, and parentheses. These are reminders that, unfortunately, we may not ever have to enforce or worry about again. I mean, who's to know? Frankly, I think that those reminders would be fitting even in the house when we're watching movies under our own roof. So I decided to interview my sister. She is a movie theater rule follower and a movie theater rule enforcer. I called her up the other day and talked about movie theaters with her. Here's what she had to say. I couldn't. I could hear you. I could hear you, but you couldn't hear me. It doesn't matter. What are your like earliest memories about going to the movies? Um, there was, okay, so there's a big difference. There's the drive-in theater and then the walk-in theater, which mm-hmm. is what we called it as mm-hmm. children. Yeah. And that, those were our big outings, big family outings. Um, and it was exciting and it was something we planned for. We would go and get food and either sneak it into the theater or if we were going to the drive-in, then, you know, you didn't have to do that. Um, but... The, the drive-in we went to all the time, and of course our dad was working the night shift at one point when we were really little, and so our mom, because she didn't want to be home alone with five little kids, she would drop him off at work, and then, if you remember, we would go to the drive-in, yeah. and we'd stay for, like, a lot of times the second movie, too, and then she'd pick him up, and we'd go home. Um, so I remember falling asleep in our car at the drive-in watching you know, these movies with our mom. Mm-hmm. I think we saw Titanic one summer like 10 times. Um, 
That's but then true. the walk-in theater was different. That was something like more exciting. That you got to sit in like your your theater chair, and you had the cup holders. It was a whole different story. It was all of us, and there was yeah. there's seven people in our family. As an adult now, thinking back to the amount of money it would have cost to take all five of your children to the movies and then get, you know, we we didn't go crazy with snacks, uh, which is why we kind of would sneak in some snacks. But a lot of times I remember we would buy some food at the, you know, at the concession stand and it was... You know, it was a it, it it had to have been a substantial amount just to go to the movies, and I feel like we went relatively frequently. I am a special kind of person that cannot go to the movies by myself. Like the idea of doing that depresses me; it makes me sad. And so I've never experienced in my entire life going to the movies on my own. But I know that you were kind of embraced that, and so I just wanted to get your thoughts on like that journey like as you get into middle school and then high school what is your relationship with movies okay well I think it's because I I love movies I love films I love storytelling in that way Mm -hmm. and I never so when I would go see a movie I never wanted to miss anything none of the dialogue not any part of the movie beginning or end so going to the theater with a large family or lots of friends, well, oftentimes, you know, you have people coughing, talking, whispering, getting up, getting down, and I felt like it disturbed my uh, my viewing experience. Yeah. So that's why I would get so sort of fanatical and set all these crazy rules that if you sat by me, you couldn't whisper to me, you couldn't even cough. Like, you better go to the bathroom before the movie starts, not hearing. Yeah. Um, so that was my like reasoning for all of that. Yeah. Um, and and then as I got older and a little more independent, and I realized I can actually go to the theater by myself. I don't have to go with people. Um, so then I would, and I remember there was this one year I worked uh, at UPS, and I it was early in the morning, so I would be off work by nine a.m. and I just turned it into a habit. I would go to the theater right after work, like watch that first showing at like 10 a.m. Yeah. When no one was there. But it was so that I could just enjoy the movie and the story by myself without disruption, without distraction. Um, so it, that, that was the main reason for going to the theater for me, why that was special. And yeah. then I think the idea of going like with friends or family is more about being with friends and family. Yeah. And and that was different. I would have to change my mentality and change my view. I'm not really going for the movie. I'm going to be with friends and family. <laughs> um, but I don't do that anymore, Yeah. honestly. And I think it's totally because of being able to stream and view movies right from your home now, yeah. you know, with, like, Netflix and Hulu and everything. Yeah. So I don't particularly miss going to the to going to the theater now yeah. because I can watch it in my room you know or in my house with no distractions yeah and and totally enjoy it and have like my snacks <laughs> or my meal and um, your snuggie yeah I got my blanket <laughs> I can wear my sweats you know you don't have to get dressed yeah uh yeah, yeah. so I'm not missing it too too much right 
right now just because we have that other avenue of, of watching movies right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but for a millennial who didn't quite experience this streaming boom until late 20s, sure. mid yeah. 20s, I think that's where I think that's where we differ because I enjoy going to the movies and I enjoy the plot and being entertained by you know the movie itself. I guess it's it's a complete experience for me like everything involved in it, even the weird experiences of it going of going and sitting down and maybe like them not having not cleaned up completely in the movie theater and there's like food next to you from the previous movie or um, yeah. or like the you know the the teenager that comes in and like shines the light at everybody you know to make sure you haven't you know snuck in I like leaning over to the person next to me and like saying like did you see that that was crazy that's part of the movie experience and that hasn't changed for me either at home I do the same thing I, Emily gets all of that you know I'm fortunate to have married someone who tolerates all of those shenanigans so <laughs> but you know what I, I I found that I have taken all those crazy rules and I still have them in my home like, yeah I'll lock the door so my roommates don't bob don't interrupt while I'm watching the movie yeah or the show um so I've just transferred it to home that's great yeah crazy rules I love that. I think it's beautiful. You've kind of taken it into taken it into this realm of like art almost, like what you what you need in order for you to enjoy a movie. So, if you if yeah. you if you'd like um imagine a world where we can still go to movie theaters and you're sitting down in the movie theater. Maybe you've gone with some friends or some family, not like a huge group, but just a few people. What are your rules that will guarantee you have an enjoyable movie-going experience if everyone follows them? What are those rules? Use the restroom before the movie. Okay. Um, I want to be there. I want to be there before the previews start. I love the previews. Gotta watch those. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're gonna get up to go to the bathroom or to get a refill, just go do it. You don't need to tell me you're going to go do that. Um, and. Don't don't cough on me. Cough like in your shirt or something. And and please don't make a scene. Like don't turn around and tell the person behind us to like stop talking so loud or this or that. Maybe we can just move. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think I I I don't have all those rules anymore because before that was your one shot to watch that movie. You didn't know. There was no other way to watch it. You would have to wait, I don't know how many months or like a year until it came out on VHS. Yeah. So that was a one-time a one time thing, you know? But now I know in a few weeks, I'm going to be able to watch this online again. So whatever I miss, I can just watch it again. So I don't have all those rules now. Yeah. I'm very, I'm, I'm like a really chill person to go to the theater with now. So. <laughs> For the listeners, just so you know, I've, I broke, I have broken every one of those rules uh, on any given movie experience, watching it with Odessa's. <laughs> what was the most memorable movie, movie experience that you had, I guess, in your life that you can think of? Boy, I don't even think I could answer that. I just, I have memories that like stick out in my mind for other reasons, not that it was the most memorable for a good reason. I remember us being like pre-teen 
and going to watch um, very like extremely um, what would you call it like intense movies like adult movies yeah because of, that's what our parents do they couldn't find a babysitter so they took us um, so I remember that yeah and just and watching you know the war scene on the big theater screen yeah um, a funny memory in my mind I always I I think about it and I laugh still is when me and my two sisters Starling and Sunshine we're teenagers we go to the movie theater and we're so excited and we buy our popcorn and we buy our uh, sodas and Starling is carrying two large like extra large sodas I run in the theater I get our seat she's coming up the stairs <laughs> we're motioning her to hurry up hurry up the movie's going to start and she's walking she's you know climbing as fast as she can and then she trips Oh. She falls, the two sodas just go spilling all over the, the steps, and there's, like, all the people are just staring at her, and it's so embarrassing, and, and I, me and Sunshine couldn't help but just bust out laughing. <laughs> it was the most hilarious thing, and we were so upset at her for dropping those sodas, because we barely had any money to even watch the movie. <laughs> you know, we're, like, 15 years old. Yeah. Um... And then we just, I don't even think we helped her pick anything up. We just kind of like walked out, back outside and threw the empty cups away. Oh, no. Because we didn't think to just act, like explain and ask for a refill. We were so mortified. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's a great story. Also, it reminds me of how counterintuitive it is that you're carrying all of these like liquids in cups yeah. and popcorn and food and and it's the theater is dark and there's stairs and like it's this whole obstacle course and then you have to like walk past people if you're sitting somewhere in the middle of the aisle it just it seems like i maybe we'll look back on the movie theater experience and think of how like archaic it was but also miss yeah. certain things about it yeah oh yeah I did watch Pride and Prejudice with Kira Knightley back to back. I watched it and then I walked out, bought another ticket. <laughs> I think I was trying to be really honest, and then I watched it again. Wow, um, wow, that says a lot. That says a lot. You're like, I need this again. Yeah. Wow. Oh, it was mostly because there was a, a jerk in the audience with his girlfriend, and he was just loud and obnoxious and making fun of the movie. And I, you know, I wish I had the guts. It to just like have thrown my popcorn at him but yeah <laughs> i just decided i'll watch it again this is what's so funny is that the people because that's one of the things that we have to deal with at movie theaters is every once in a while there's oh. an obnoxious person but there's a point where you kind of wonder like did you not realize when you walked into a movie called pride and prejudice starring Kiara Knightley that it would be a certain kind of movie are you not prepared sure. for that <laughs> so it's like you said it's it's everything that adds up to the movie it's not the movie itself it's like the whole experience yeah that's why I know, there's not like a film that sticks out in my mind yeah that I saw the theater it's everything else that happened yeah like when we rode to the we rode our bikes to the Century 16 Theater uh -huh. with Crest, our, our older friend, to watch that movie with Robin Williams where he's like a robot. And we didn't even watch the film. We spent the whole time <laughs> running in and out of the theater, messing around in the hallway. Yes. It, it's, it, it's just the experience. It, 
it was our hangout spot. We went there to hang out and yeah, and just you know be with our friends. And yeah, be silly. I hope one day we yeah. get to go to the theater again together because yeah, it's making me miss it even more. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad that we got to talk about this, and um, thank you for giving me your time and your thoughts about movies. Oh, yeah. Okay. I enjoyed it. That movie that Odessa's was talking about that we rode our bikes to with our older friend to go see in the theater was a movie with Robin Williams called Bicentennial Man. It was a movie about a robot that is invented to help a family with their chores around the house, walk the dog, take out the garbage, and he has this spark of personality that through the movie develops and eventually he becomes a member of the family. There's an independence that he decides to pursue where he wants to be a human being. And he becomes more and more obsolete in that he doesn't offer the same services that he used to as a robot that helped families with their chores. And better robots come along. Eventually he starts living by himself. He even builds himself a house out of driftwood on the beach. and. He falls in love with a human being, and then he upgrades so that he can be an elderly person that then dies in the bed with his human wife, and only then does the world recognize him as a human being. And I just think that there's something there, this obsolete thing that perhaps was exciting and helpful and enjoyable that no longer is needed. And I think about streaming and watching movies in the comfort of our own living room and being able to even watch new released movies in our living room. But what has happened with the pandemic is we no longer get to experience that movie theater experience. We don't get to experience that jerk sitting behind us making fun of the movie. We don't get to experience having to take our seven-year-old to the bathroom for a potty break right when the movie is just getting good. We don't get to come back and ask the person next to us, what happened? Did I miss something? Anything really huge? These things, I think, are important for us as a society to experience, to be able to co-mingle in this way. I know that there's been some downsides to these experiences, but there's also this beauty to it. And I look forward to maybe one day again, get to experience that as a community with people in person. I've always been a pretty habitual and encourageable movie, food, sneaker inner, and sometimes I've gotten more creative because I just like had a craving for something and I wanted to experience the movie and this thing also, or I didn't have time to eat dinner and I was really hungry and so I improvised because the theaters here don't really have like food. So I have brought in Subway sandwiches, I've brought in like burger and fry combos from fast food places. I've snuck in like hot coffee from 
like Starbucks and Dutch Brothers and also I think like a Dutch freezer Frappuccino from the same yeah, I think that's probably been the <laughs> most of my my crimes. I'm an anxious person and I like to be prepared, so I generally have a little bit of a larger purse, and so just kind of move things around and found room. We do have an inside joke in my family. We went to the movies with my friend Nancy, and she had this big king size Butterfinger, and as we were walking to the theater, she was like. Oh no, Mr. Butterfinger, you're exposed! And that struck us really funny. I can't quite say it with the same like inflection and personality that she did, but like the exposed Mr. Butterfinger joke has been ongoing for like the last almost 30 years. So thank you, Nancy. And one time I was in the theater with my friend and I smelled an unusual smell. And I look over, and she had brought in like a big Tupperware dish of steamed fish and vegetables. And I was like, what? what is happening here? And she said, well, I didn't get to finish dinner. And I was like, fish though, fish, like fish is pushing it. Like there's some movie etiquette that has just been completely violated. You, a Tupperware reheated fish? Like, no, don't, don't do that. I mean, she's a quirky person. That is something that she wouldn't think twice about doing, but I, I urge everyone else to think twice about doing that, please. The most adventurous thing I brought into the movie theater was Chinese food. Yeah, I, I don't... I've snuck in a lot of stuff, but nothing comes to mind right now. I mean... No fish? No, I definitely know for a fact I have not snuck in fish. That's That's <laughs> the first time I've heard of that. Well, if you'd like to tell us some of the crazy things you've snuck into the movie theater, um, keep it PG, though, please. Um, go on to our Instagram or Facebook and let us know. And if you want to keep it PG-13, you can personally email me. That is bobby at anytownusa at hotmail.tv.url. Dot com. <laughs> yep, that's legit. All right, guys, that's it from Dream Infringement. We hope you enjoyed this night at the movies, and maybe watch a movie of your of your own. Pop some popcorn, sneak some candy into your own house, and recreate that experience. Thanks so much for tuning in. Next up, we have High Tech Soul with a very charming fellow, Leo. Stay tuned. And in the meantime, we're going to play you out with a song by Wallows, and it's called 1980s Horror Film. But don't worry, it's not scary. It's a love song. Bye, everyone. We love you. Bye. Why are girls in songs always 17? She was from a movie.